You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. You chose to be here with us, especially if you're, if you're new with us, we, we, we thank you for, for being here. And if you're listening to us through our podcast, we're also delighted that you've taken the time to tune in. And if you're sitting in our Live Feed Cafe, we, we welcome you as well. Um, I'm starting a series today based on the book, What on Earth Am I Here For? by Pastor Rick Warren of Saddleback Church in Orange County, California. And this series is going to go hand in hand with our small groups. So we, we invite you to become a part of a small group, as, as uh, Mike said, and, and Pastor Jeff uh, has been launching these groups. In fact, in fact, 70% of all we're going to be doing is going to be done through our small groups. Sunday morning is only going to be a small percentile as I preach a sermon, but all the communication, all of the, the growing together is going to be done in our group. So I strongly encourage everyone to become a part of a small group. And we, as Mike said, we currently have 18 small groups and counting. Myself and Shauna, we will be doing what you will call a floating small group. And that means that we will be going to different houses with a group uh, but they're going to be hosting it in different places, and we're going to be going uh, and doing this group. So there's a lot of creative ways that you can do a small group. In fact, we have someone in our church that is going to be Skyping or FaceTiming during the group because they can't travel from, from Florence to this, to this area. So it's a lot for them. So they're actually going to be tuning in to their group via Skype or FaceTime. Isn't that cool? So there's a lot of creative ways that you can do that, but the main thing that we want is for everyone to be connected to a small group. You know, the Bible says that where two or three are gathered, Jesus said, I will be there with you in your midst. And so when you do a small group, it's always a wonderful thing. Um, let me pray as I start this, this message. Father, thank you for every person here. And uh, more importantly, Lord, thank you that you're here. We pray that everything that is said today is going to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And I pray that every heart will be open and every mind will be attentive to the message that, that you have had me prepare for, for this series, Lord God. And I, I also thank you for uh, Rick Warren and for the work that he's done, Lord, as we are, are basing our, our series on, on his book we, we pray, Lord, your blessing upon him and, and his wife, Kay, and, uh, and we thank you, Lord, that you allow us to come together as your body with many people all over the world that are called in the name of Christ, and we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. So, so one of my favorite Bible verses is Romans 8.28, and Romans 8.28, I think, is actually most people's uh, that are sitting here, at least in the top 10 of your favorite Bible verses. And that, that, that Bible verse goes like this in the NIV. It says, we know that in all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Now, have you ever read that verse and just stopped right there with that wonderful promise? I have. I just ponder it. Um, I, 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 I think about this. I think God is working in not just the good things. God is working in all things. He's working in the bad things that may be happening in our life. He's working in the ugly things that may be working in our life. He's working in the unpleasant and the terrible and even the tragic things that happen to us throughout our lives. In all things, 
God is working for the good of those who love him. Isn't that like the greatest promise that you could have in the world? That God is working in every aspect of our lives. I, I spoke to a, a, a youth probably a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago, and he was one of the displaced immigrants that we were, we were ministering to in our, in our youth uh, program. And these youth were from Central America, uh, some of them were from, from Honduras, some of them from Guatemala, some of them from, from uh, 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 El Salvador, and some of them from Mexico. And they were in a, in a, in a place uh, that now they have, dis- they have changed that and they're not here anymore. But a month and a half ago, I, I ministered to this young man and, and I went into the, the, the student center and it was actually on a Sunday morning after we had done some baptisms. And he was sitting there and the Lord whispered. You ever had the Lord whisper in your ear? Anyone ever just felt the prompting of the Lord? You can raise your hand. It's okay to hear the whisper of God. And so the Lord kind of spoke to me and said, I want you to go and sit with him and listen. And as I went and sat and, and he was, I could tell that he was uh, engaged but disengaged. He wanted to know more, but he didn't want anyone to know that he needed to know more about God. And I went and sat with him at the table there in the Life Feed Cafe, and I was sitting here, and, and he was sitting right there, and I said, how you doing? And I said, my name is James, and he told me his name, and, and as we were talking, I said, oh, well, tell me a little bit about yourself, and, and, and the Lord began to work on his heart, and he said to me these words. He said, I, when I look back on my life, I don't have one good memory. When I look back on my life, I don't have one good memory. He said, I was dropped off at an orphanage when I was a child. I don't know my parents. And things happened to me when I was there in that orphanage and in, in, in different places. And it seems like everything that's ever happened to me has been bad. And I just listened. I just listened to him and I looked into his eyes and, and his eyes were those of hurt and th- those of need. You ever look into someone's eyes and, and you just see hurt and you just see need? And, and, and I don't even think that he had probably even shared that with many people, but he began to open up. And, and then he said to me, he said, I'm, I'm here because I, I, I had a friend in, uh, in Nogales, and, and, I, and I went to go visit him, and he said, hey, I, I got a wonderful proposition for you. Why don't you go with me, and we will, we will take some stuff across the border. We will, we will take some stuff, and, and, we will, uh, and it'll be good. It'll be good. You make a lot of money. And so he, first time he ever brought something across the border, he was stopped, and they arrested him. And he said, in that time that I got stopped, he said, they uh, arrested me. And, and he said, they, they, they didn't do anything. They, they gave me a, a pat on the hand and they and said, go, don't come back anymore. And so he did that six more times. And on the seventh time, he got stopped again. And he was incarcerated. And he ended up in this place. And so as he sat with me and he talked to me about he had never had one good memory in his life, I looked at him and I said, I don't know what has happened to you in your past, but I can tell you this today, that the God that I serve is not like man. And the God that I serve can change your life for good. And he looked at me and, he, and tears welted in his eyes. And this guy was, I could tell this kid was a hard kid. In fact, one of the, one of the uh, uh, guards from, from uh, this uh, place where he was located at said, we can't penetrate him. We can't, we can't, you know, he's just 
so hard. And the Lord began to minister to his heart because he pondered the fact that the God that we serve is not like humans. Amen? And he can turn a bad thing into a good thing. Well, a month later, he comes, the last time they were going to bring the kids over here because they were going to ship them away. And he walks in the doors of the, of the uh, youth center, the student center, and the last thing that he said, and I quote, he said, I don't have to fear anymore because I'm not alone. I have Jesus Christ with me in my life. Now, we won't know the rest of the story until eternity, amen? Because we will see him again as he gave his heart to Jesus. But the reality is that God will turn bad things into good things because he's good. And so I want to talk to you from, from that perspective today. I want, I want for us to grab a hold of the fact, and let's go to the second part of that verse. The second part of that verse is those who have been called according to his purpose. Amen? We love hearing the fact that, that, that God will turn all things for good for those who love him. But then it goes on to say, those who have been called according to his purpose. And there are two very important words in the second part of the verse. The first is called. That's a very important word. And the second very important word is purpose. Equally as important. Think about the significance of calling. Why do you carry a cell phone around? Anyone in here have a cell phone? Raise your hand. I think a better way to say it is anyone that don't have a cell phone, raise your hand, right? You get very important calls with your cell phone, right? You get important text messages. Uh, Mike just mentioned, you know, text someone that you love them. You get important emails. Someone just turned off their phone. I heard it. As a pastor, when my phone rings, it usually means that someone has, you know, uh, going through a difficult time. Sometimes they've lost a loved one. Maybe someone's marriage is in shambles and they, uh, they need to meet with me or a tragedy happened. I deal with people that are in pain every day. I usually don't get a call that I won the lottery. <laughs> I better play the lottery so I, you know, to get that call, but... But the reality is, you know, we get calls, and, 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 and as we get those calls, every one of them is important to the person that's making that call. But I never forget that 20 years ago, over 20 years ago, I got a call, and that call was from God. And God called, and he said, I've got a plan for you. I, I, I love you. I want to restore your heart. All the pain in your life. I, I want to I help you with that. I want to I walk you through everything you're going through. And I, I, I can never forget the reality that Jesus came into my life to offer me peace and joy and strength. And all the things you can't buy at Walmart. You can buy everything else. But you can't buy peace. You can't buy God's joy. You can't buy the love of God. It's only found in Jesus Christ. You know, if we keep reading Romans 8, it says in, in verse 30, it says, those that God predestined, he also, say with me, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What this verse is saying is that God sees a big picture in your life. And even before you were born, he desired to have a relationship with you, so he called you. He called you. Do you know that? He, he called you. That says you're very special to God. Amen? Think about the people that you call. You don't just call anybody. In fact, some people you avoid calling. Come on. 
And then now we've got this thing called caller ID, right? It, oh, I'm not going to take that. <laughs> right? That's Pastor James. I'm not going to take that. <laughs> There's a significance in, in, in the word called. Um, in fact, uh, the Bible says I have been called by God, and the Bible says that you've been called by God, and, and the original word, which is the word kaleo, that's a Greek word, kaleo, it's used over a hundred times in the New Testament, and it refers to the assignment of your life. Tell your neighbor, there's an assignment in your life. It's for your mission in life. And for the purpose of your life. You see, not only have you been called by God, his calling has a God-intended purpose. That's awesome. That there's a purpose. Robert, you're here today because God has a purpose for your life. Jack, God has a purpose for your life. He l- Imagine that. God loves you so much. Becca, God has a call on your life. He's got a purpose for you. There's nothing like grabbing a hold of the fact that that you're special. So I want to talk today about live your calling. Live your calling. Begin to live out what what, what God has, has called you to do. And there's four things that I want to share today, and, and it, it's, it all starts out with this question. What I need to know about my life's calling? We're going to answer that with four different, different points, okay? What I need to know about my life's calling. First, we need to know that my calling is a gift from God. I didn't earn a call from God. It wasn't like God looked down from heaven and, and he said, oh man, that James Reese, he's pretty special in what he does. I'm pretty special in what he's done for me, but outside of Jesus, I'm a pretty messed up person. Amen? Don't, you don't have to agree with me. I'm talking about myself. <laughs> you guys don't agree when I say something about you, you know? You can't work for it, for that calling. You can't barter for it. You can't say, God, I will give you this if you give me a call. It doesn't work that way. It's like a present to me. When he created me, he called me, and it's all by grace. In fact, the Bible says, God, by his grace through Christ, has called you to become his people. Grace is unmerited. It's unearned. It's undeserved. You know what's so funny about Christians is sometimes when we become Christians, we think that we've earned something. Amen. We start looking at other people like if they're lower than us. You know, we can get to that place. That's religion, religion, religiosity. You start just saying, you know, I can't believe they're doing that. And you need to understand that at one time you were probably doing the same thing. Or if you weren't doing it, you were probably thinking about it. Amen. Thinking, man, I wish I could do that. But if I get caught, ooh, boy. So the reality is that it's by grace, and, it's, and grace is, is undeserved. It's God's extension of love and forgiveness that are wrapped in Jesus Christ. Grace is the fact that God knows all the dumb mistakes that I've ever done and I will continue to do, and yet he still made the choice to create me. And he created me in, in, in Jesse Reese's womb, cello, Fearfully and wonderfully. He was, he was creating me and, 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 you know, he said, I'm going to do this and do that. And he fabricated me because he knew me and he loved me. And he knew all of the things that I was going to do that people were going to say, I cannot believe you did that. But he had a plan. And he's got a plan in your life. And it doesn't matter what you come from, what your parents have done, what they, what they were. God has a plan for you. And he loves you. Not only did he choose to create me in his infinite wisdom, it came with a call. Even when I was not responding or unaware of him, he was still calling. And because he had a purpose for me, 
And because he had a purpose for you, he continues to call and to call and to call. The Bible says he saved us and he called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. I love it. I love him because he called me when I was still a sinner, when I had not done anything worthy of being called. He loved me enough to say, I want you to be in my family. And he did it through Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? Tell your neighbor, he's calling you. He's calling you. Oh, some of you guys are so shy. (laughs) I'm not going to say that. Number two, I am called for God's purpose. I am going to say this slow and clear. Very slow, very clear. God's plan is better than ours. I have found out a real hidden treasure. God did not create me for me. He created me for him. He did not create me to be selfish, to be self-centered. My life is not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's all about him. And when it's about him, it's always about others. It's about loving on others. It's about doing things for others. Huh? Until we understand this truth, we will all wander around the earth saying, what on earth am I here for? Because you'll never find true meaning when life is all about you and you and you and you. Amen? You see, God's calling on me is his plan for my life, not mine. Every time that I try to unfold my plan, I ended up having a messed up time. And God's calling for me is not about my wife's plan. Amen? Now, believe me, I do her plans for harmony and peace. But the plan that God has for me is not about my wife's plan. And if you're a wife, it's not about your husband's plan. The calling of God is not about your... I'm saying this to some young girls right now. It's not about your boyfriend's plan. And if you're a young, young man in here, a young youth, it's not about your girlfriend's plan. It's not about what Beyonce says, or it's not about what Kid Rock says. It's not your plan that God has for you is about his unfolding his plan in your life. And when you grab a hold of that, it'll change the way that you do things. You know, aligning ourselves to his plan and his purpose is the greatest thing that we could ever do. And there's a story in the Bible, and the story has to do with, with two, two babies. One of, them, one of the babies' name was Jacob, and the other one was Esau. And Esau was bur- born first, and Jacob was born second. And in that culture, the eldest always received the birthright, always received the favors and everything that, that belonged to, to, to the family. But what you find out is that God doesn't do things the way man does things. And the Bible says this, before the two boys were born, God told Rebekah, the older will serve the younger. This was before the boys had done anything good or bad. God said this, so that the one chosen would be chosen because of God's own plan He was chosen because he was the one God wanted to call, not because of anything he did. In fact, Jacob in his own strength deceived. Jacob in his own strength, he would squander. He would do things that were not really glorifying God. But because God is the one who calls, you find out that he was going to shape Jacob into Israel And make him a great nation. Beloved, what does that say to us? That before we were born, God had a plan for us. And because God has a plan, he's going to fulfill that plan if we just embrace it and let him guide us in everything that we do. Amen? Tell your neighbor, there's hope for you, bro.
Now, if it's a girl, say, honey bunny, there's hope for you. You know, I think about this. This, this went against the grain of, of, of culture in that day. But if you notice that God is not shaped by culture, in fact, he reshapes the culture and society by his plan and his purpose. And there's someone in here, young people, listen to me. There's someone in here that God wants to use to reshape our culture and our society for the glory of God. When I see young people standing around the pole in our, in the, the American flag in our schools and that take that stand, I say those people are embracing the plan that God has for them so that they can make a difference where they're at. And every single person in here, we can make a difference for the glory of God. I never imagined that I'd ever be a pastor. I would be the least likely to be a pastor as I was growing up. I had people say when I began to walk with God and as I began to even the first part of going into ministry, I had people say, he can't be a pastor. He ran with the devil. He did things that were, that were so ungodly. But God had a plan even before I was born. And as he laid it out, one day I said, I need you, Jesus. I want everything that you have for me. I don't know how I'm going to do this, Lord. I am scared to death to, to do some of the things that I know that you'll call me to do. In fact, I remember walking with my dad one day and saying, Dad, I think I'm going to become a minister. And we walked in Glen Acres, New Mexico. That's outside of Lordsburg. And as we walked, it wasn't Green Acres. It was Glen Acres, all right? And as we walked in the street, I said, Dad, I think I'm going to go into the pastor. I think I'm going to become a minister. I said, but you know, people are going to make fun of me. They're going to talk about me. And I remember my dad telling me, well, didn't they do that about Jesus? Didn't they do that to, to Jesus? And so he began to just confirm the reality that God is going to be with us no matter what we do. And I'm telling you right now, beloved, there's some of you in here that God's called you and he's calling you and you just need to begin to walk that out as he directs you. Amen? <clears throat> the Bible says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now, the, the, the word workmanship is a beautiful word because it, it's a word pomea. And that word is where we get the actual word poem. So isn't that amazing that we are God's poem that he's writing out? Our life is a poem that he's scripting out for his glory. And every, every time that we do things that he called us to do, you're actually walking that out. The third thing we need to know is God chose my calling before I was born. I love, that. I love the fact that my, my calling is a gift. I'm called for God's purpose, not mine. And God chose my calling before I was born. The reality is that when I, chose my purpo- when I choose my purpose and I make my plan, I mess up my life. But the Bible says it pleased God in his kindness to choose me and call me even before I was born. What undeserved mercy God had. Then God told Jeremiah, before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Have you ever been around someone who, in your opinion, had a disadvantage or really shouldn't have a life purpose? You ever been around someone and you say, you know what, they don't have anything to boast about. They don't have anything to brag about. Maybe that young man that, 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 whom I was talking to that, that was an immigrant and he was thinking, I don't have one good memory in my life. What is my life all about? Have you heard of a guy by the name of Nick Vojacic? He was born without arms or legs, but he's spoken to and he's changed the lives of millions of people. And Nick Vojacek, he said, God will not allow anything to happen to you if it's not for your own good. He stands there with no legs. 
He stands there with no arms and he proclaims the goodness of God. God will turn a bad thing into a good thing. God will turn a bad thing into a God thing if we let him. I don't know what's gone on in your life. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know what what tendencies you have, the difficulties that you have, but I know this. The God that I serve is able to restore and change your life for his glory if we allow him to do that. Someone will look at Nick's uh, life and say, how in the world can he brag? He has no legs. He's got no arms. But he's got a voice. And that voice doesn't say, oh, how bad my life is. I hate my life. I'm so messed up. I hate the people around me. His voice says, I will give you praise, oh God, for every breath that you give me. And I will glorify your name. And whatever you have for me, I know it's good. You want to change your life? Quit complaining about how bad it is and look at someone like that and take lessons and say, if he can bring praises to God, why can't I? Amen? Why can't I? The Bible says in Isaiah 42:2, I am your creator. You were in my care even before you were born. The devil... He's a master deceiver, and he'll work diligently to counter that and make you think that you're irrelevant, that your life is unimportant. And if you think you're unimportant, you will live like you're unimportant. If you believe that you're an accident, you will live like you're an accident. Let me tell you someone. Let me tell you something, someone. There is no one in here that's an accident. Every person that is sitting in these seats have been purposed by God. God formed you in the womb. He made you special. He made you who you are. He gave you your personality. Susan, God made you special because he loves you so much. And he's got a purpose for you because he loves you. The fourth thing that we need to know and the last thing is that my sins and my mistakes don't change my calling. Most of the people that God has chosen are full of hiccups. Moses was a murderer. Abraham was a liar. Jacob was a deceiver. Joseph was arrogant. Peter was always putting his foot in his mouth. Paul was a bully. I myself constantly share how God chose a person who was least worthy to be called with all the things that I've done. And the reality is that most people who answer the call of God have a life resume that is full of mistakes. And have you noticed that we add to those mistakes and that resume? But the reality is that we're all, we are all a bunch of whips. W-I-P. We are all a bunch of works in progress. God, he's got a master eraser. He's got a master, he's a master architect. And, and those things that we've done, he'll, he'll cleanse us of our unrighteousness through the blood of Christ. He'll give us freedom so that we live at peace with him and we have peace with each other. And then he'll begin to orchestrate our lives and he'll begin to lay out a plan where we actually go and minister to people who need to know that there's hope for them. Amen? There's a neighbor that you have that they think there's no hope for them. Maybe they're behind a computer right now in a way where they're looking at some things that they shouldn't be looking at. 
And they think there's no hope for them. Maybe they're in there and maybe they've got a needle in their, in their arm. And they think there's no hope for them. Maybe they're uh, in, in some place and, and maybe they're taking something that doesn't belong to them. And they think that there's no hope for them. They think that there's no way that God could love them. But the reality is the Bible that we read tells us that there's hope for the hopeless. And God is able to make your calling secure despite the mistakes that you've ever made. Paul told Timothy, you can play along with me if you want. Paul told Timothy, by calling me into his service, Jesus has judged me trustworthy. Even though I used to be a blasphemer and and a persecutor and contemptuous, mercy, however, was shown me because I lacked faith and I acted in ignorance. Can I tell you that there's a lot of us that have acted in ignorance in our lives, amen? But today's a day of change. Today's a day that you embrace the calling of God, that you say, Lord, it's about you, not about me. If you focus on every bad thing that you've done, you will lose focus on how good God is. The beautiful thing about God is that he doesn't waste anything. He won't waste a bad experience. He'll turn it around for his glory. He won't waste a hurt. He'll turn it into a testimony. He will bring everything together in our lives and orchestrate it into his plan and his purpose. And the truth is, your sins and your mistakes don't change your calling. And even greater... The sins of other people against you don't change your calling. There's someone in here you've been bruised. There's someone in here you've been abused. Someone in in here you've been cheated on. Someone has maybe walked out of your life. But that doesn't change the calling on your life. You know, I learned this a long time ago. That God doesn't have a plan B. God doesn't, he's not in heaven thinking, what am I going to do now? It's always plan A, it's always the A plan. And that plan is restoration through Jesus Christ. That plan is transformation through the blood of Christ. That plan is embracing you where you're at in your brokenness, in your disappointments, in your hurts, in your hangups, in your addictions, embracing you and saying Jesus is greater than that. And the Holy Spirit coming in and and just empowering you to be able to overcome all the things that are trying to bring you down because your mistakes will not dictate you. The blood of Christ will dictate you. Would you guys just bow your heads with me? Maybe you're here today and you've never thought about the fact that your life has purpose. Maybe you're here today and you've never realized that God's plan involves you. Jesus came to this earth and he had you on his mind. As he healed the sick, you were on his mind. As he delivered the oppressed, you were on his mind. As he fed the hungry, you were on his mind. And he went to the cross to die for the sins of the world Beloved, you were on his mind. And he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And yes, you were on his mind. And he desires to restore your life and for you to realize that his purpose and his plan for your life is great. And I'm going to ask you a question. Would you like to do that today? Would you like to embrace the plan that God has for you? And, if, and if, you, if you want to do that, just raise up your hand and agree with him and pray this prayer with me. Amen. I see your hand. Praise God for that. 
And if there's someone else and you just want to embrace the plan of God, yes, I see your hand. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I see your hand in the back. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Yes. It's a simple prayer. It's just, God, I am a sinner. And I need your forgiveness and restoration. I've strayed from your plan for me. But today I'm making a choice to give you my life. I embrace your plan and your purpose, which begins with receiving forgiveness through Jesus. I confess that Jesus Christ died for my sins on the cross at Calvary, and I believe that he rose from the dead on the third day. I choose to make him my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I may receive the help I need to live this new life. Open up my heart and my understanding as I read the Bible, which is your word to me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you prayed this prayer and if you raised your hand and if you're making this new start, put it on your connection card. Just put it down right there. I've decided today to become a follower of Christ. And the angels are rejoicing for the choice that you made. Amen? Let's, let's stand up and worship our King, if you don't mind. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.